Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Uh, well, Jim, I didn't have a rooting interest in yesterday's game. I just wanted to see a good game. A little slow offensively for a while, but, you know, in the end, the NFL delivers with another uh, terrific finish to the football game. Another great game. And I actually thought that, listen, I'm not going to say the first half was thrilling, mm. but to me it added to the intrigue that you had the Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, team searching for a second straight Super Bowl for a third and five years, and they couldn't function at all. Mm-hmm. These, the 49ers' defense was so stiff to start off with. They're, they dominated the line of scrimmage. And then you had uh, the Chiefs' defense holding the 49ers down, even though the 49ers had the best skill position. I thought it was really fascinating, if you like defensive football, to watch two great, off- two great offensive teams frustrated. And then it set the stage because you knew mm-hmm. – Eventually, there was, there was too much offensive talent in this game. You knew they were going to break through. And listen, I mean, you know, I, I said it all last week. I said that for the last two weeks. I've been saying all playoffs, the Chiefs are not the best team in football, but they have enough pieces to keep them close enough that Mahomes are going to go win in the fourth quarter. And for once, I was right. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, he's just the guy that can pull off magic at the end. You know, I saw a stat before this year's Super Bowl, and I don't know what his passer rating was for yesterday's game, but that uh, compared to a regular season and other rounds of playoffs, his lowest rating has come in the Super Bowl. Now you're playing the best teams probably then, that 49er defensive front. Uh, Tony Romo said something really interesting. He said the Niners just want to roll five guys on their defensive front. They don't, they don't have eight, nine guys to roll in there. Uh, and it looked maybe they got a little fatigued at the end. Yeah, I, I think that did happen. Uh, also, Mahomes' record, I mean, we could look up all kinds of different stats. Yep. His record in fourth quarters and overtimes is just ridiculous. Regular mm-hmm. season, postseason, this postseason, I mean, he's just the guy who's going to make the play that needs to be made. And so, and off, so often, he'll be conservative with the way he runs in the first half, but when his team really needs him to run, He's the best at it. Mm-hmm. He knows when. He knows how much yards he needs. He knows he can. He knows when to slide. He knows when to finish with physicality. Uh, he just means one, two. The biggest play in two straight Super Bowls was basically Mahomes, uh, Mahomes run down mm-hmm. the middle of the field where he just set up his team to win. Um, and there are so many other factors in the game, and yet it, we all knew it was going to come back down to Mahomes. Yeah, as as it should, and he wants that. And, you know, it's set up perfectly uh, for everybody to watch that as well. So would you have deferred or taken the football in the overtime? Uh, the There might have been a good reason to take the ball, and that was if, if Shanahan thought his defense was absolutely gassed and was going to get just torched if he put him out there first. In terms of pure strategy, you got to kick it uh, because the team that gets the ball second knows exactly what they need, and the team that has the ball first doesn't really know. I mean, do I go? For, do you go for a fourth down? Do you kick the field? I mean, uh, it's so much easier and so much better for the play caller if you have certainty and you know exactly how many points you need. Uh, you know, if, if the 49ers scored a touchdown, then Mahomes would have known going and Reed would have known going down the field on the next drive. That every drive is a four-down drive, you know, you have four-down territory from the very beginning, and you're going to go for two at the end. There's certainty. You can call you can call plays on third down, knowing that, you know, you can gain yards toward a first down and still have a fourth down. Uh, I, I would absolutely would have received the ball. I mean, I, I absolutely would have kicked the ball. Yeah. Did you buy his reasoning? I wanted to have the ball in case there was a third possession. I, I understand the logic of that, 
But I just don't think you can play it out that way. You're playing, going against Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. You almost have to assume he's going to produce a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was Chris Jones who said that, yeah, we all knew the overtime rules. We were going to go for two if if we had gotten the ball second or, or if they had scored a touchdown, rather. Yep. Uh, I, I believe them. I think they would have gone for two. That seems like something they probably would have done. Yes, and absolutely should. And, you know, so much, so many decisions should be based on who you are and how you try to win games. And if you have to get two yards to win a Super Bowl from Patrick Mahomes, you take that shot. Mm-hmm. The uh, um, uh, difference for the uh, Chiefs in the game, you know, a couple of big special teams plays. We we see yep. Mahomes and Kelsey, and he had ten catches or nine catches or whatever it was too. But boy, that that muffed punt uh, was critical, as well as the blocked extra point. And I thought that they had an advantage with Butker. Now the kicker for San Francisco was terrific, except for one low extra point, and that was a huge play. Yes, yes, and uh, and. I think that's why it was such a fascinating game. Yeah. We can go back and, and, and look at about 30 different plays that really made the difference. Uh, the special teams plays were immense. Um, and, you know, uh, but once again, you almost have to sense that even if those things hadn't gone in the Chiefs' favor, that they would just find a way to do just enough. Mm-hmm. And, yep, and that's exactly what happened. It, it just can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. I think people have lost a lot of money uh, if they tried to do that, that's for sure. Uh, let's talk Gopher men's basketball. Uh, boy, they're playing terrific. And then, uh, unfortunately, Dawson Garcia comes up with a lower leg uh, injury that pu- pretty much ended his game there late in the first half. He was playing outstanding. It just looks like they're still struggling, kind of you know, figuring out how to win when they have a lead. Uh, it seems like they do better from behind. Yeah, they were on a nice run here. That would have been, I think, their fourth straight victory. It would have mm-hmm. put them in great shape in the conference, great shape to get an NCAA tournament bid. You know, Garcia, obviously Garcia going out was devastating. I'm not sure it should have been that devastating. You still have had a lot of guards playing well. I think you still should have been able to run your offense and get some shots. But they, man, <laughs> excuse me, they went so cold. And, uh, and I was was just good enough to take advantage of it, but it's a shame because that game could have really elevated them. Yeah, you know, I was talking with uh, Mike Grimm last week, who does a podcast, I believe, on your podcast network yes. as well, and uh, he, he was saying that too that they're kind of looking for a quad one win. He referenced the yes. quad one, quad two. Would that? I think that would have qualified on the road, wouldn't it? Uh, I haven't looked. It's I close haven't anyway. Looked, to be honest with you, but, but yeah, it would have been, been a big win. Yeah, it would have been a big win for the and, for, and plus. You know, if they can, if they could get well over 500 in the conference, then I'm not sure all the quad stuff would even matter that yeah. much. Now it's, it's going to matter now because they're not, you know, they're they're hanging around 500. But if they could have gotten two, three games over 500, that could have d- done the trick by itself. I saw some bracketology uh, this week by one of the guys who does that, and and didn't have the Gophers yet even on the bubble, not even among the first eight out. So that would have gotten them at least to that. But yeah, still some. Some work to do, obviously, for them. Yeah, and kind of it was just a crushing loss. Because yeah. I, I was sitting there thinking, you know, I'm, I'm a columnist. I'm always looking for topics. Right. I'm thinking, man, I'm going to write about Ben Johnson this week. I'm going to write about maybe they should give him a contract extension. And then after a loss like that, mm. you just can't, you know, as much as you do admire what Ben has done this year, as much as you admire what this team has done, mm-hmm. it does take the air out of any lofty ideas. Now they just go back to, not being desperate to win a game. Yeah, almost back to not to square one. They are they are better than I thought they would be they already better. this year. But yes. but uh, I was really, that would have been a big win for sure. Uh, Timberwolves and Clippers tonight, uh, a possible playoff preview. I like how the Wolves match up against the Clippers, though. 
The Clippers have been the best team in the NBA for about two months now, but the Wolves do, and this is assuming Jaden McDaniels is going to be healthy, and we aren't sure about that. That's right. But if McDaniels is healthy, they have wings who can cover physical wings like Kawhi and Paul George. And now James Harden, I'm not sure how that matches up. That'll be really interesting to see how they guard him. Uh, but maybe that's where their new point guard you know, helps them out. Uh, so, you know, and it, I just think it's cool they're playing games for the first seed in the Western Conference against teams like the Clippers. It's just a blast. Yeah. Uh, but they do match up pretty well. Uh, there's also a rumor out there that Marcus Morris might be interested in signing with the Wolves. That would give him a little more physical bench depth. Oh, sure. Uh, a lot of interesting things happening here. I mean, this is not a must-win game tonight, but it should be really entertaining basketball. Yeah, not must-win, but a little bit of a measuring stick. I mean, the Clippers are right there with them, one of those four teams chasing that number one seed. Yeah, I mean, they win their game and a half up on the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Uh, heading toward the, the final stretch of the season, it would be very... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know how to say it other than win good, lose bad. Uh, but you know, it's it's not a defining game. But if they win, it does. You know, a game and a half lead on the Clippers might end up being instrumental. Now their left-handed arm for the Twins in their bullpen, which multiple sites are really uh, extolling the virtues of that bullpen and how they've constructed it. The thing that I've noticed is. Well, they didn't go and get a starter. They must be looking at Louis Varland, it would appear to me, as though even though they moved into the bullpen at the end of last year, he's got to figure in as getting a shot at being a starter this year. I guess, but yeah. his, I mean, you look up his stats, his ERA was like five and a half when he was a starter, and it was like 1.4 when he was a reliever. He mm-hmm. threw 95 as a starter, he threw 100 as a reliever. Uh, his OPS against was like 858 as a starter, mm-hmm. and like one. And it was like 170, 478 as a reliever. I mean, he's so clearly a great. I mean, I think, I think the fact that this Lafani is your fifth starter means you want Varlin in the bullpen. You you want to dominate people with a great bullpen instead of just hoping to get you know another guy who can give you the occasional quality start. I mean, I'll I'll take an exceptional reliever over an end of a rotation starter any time. So you think some of these guys they brought in that Varland will be ahead of them uh, in the bullpen pecking order? I mean, the way he pitched the end of last year, he might be the primary setup guy. He might be the second right-hander. He might be the third. But I mean, if you're if you go into the season just admitting that you're only going to get five innings out of some of your starters, well, then you're going to need a lot of really dominant bullpen games. And and I think it scares the heck out of opponents when they look out there and say, if we don't have a lead in the fifth inning, we're done. Mm. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.